0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't just sit there, do something. We've all heard that before. Maybe we've even said it to somebody before. Usually when somebody says they're bored, or they need something to do. Now, at the outset of the story of Mary and Martha, it kind of seems like a simple, straightforward story. Mary's with Jesus. Martha is indignant that she is not helping her. Martha complains to Jesus, expecting him to send Mary out to help, but then Jesus tends to throw a little bit of a curveball there, and instead of scolding Mary or telling her to come and help, he rewards her and lovingly corrects hard-working Martha. At least that's how we usually read the story, isn't it? But the story really isn't about Martha, or Mary even, it's really about Jesus, about Jesus who comes to Mary and Martha. He comes for dinner. He comes serving. He also comes to serve us this day as well. So imagine yourself for a moment in Martha's shoes. You're preparing for special guests. Jesus himself is there. So, of course, you're not going to get out the Dixie cups or the Solo cups or the flimsy paper plates or those plastic forks that snap off in your fried chicken. That's not going to work, is it? <clears throat> And there's work to do. You've got to vacuum, dust, sweep, wax, polish, buff, repeat. Prepare the meal, pour the wine, grill the steak just right. Mash the potatoes to perfect fluffiness, slice the artisan bread, top the salad with walnuts and cranberries and feta cheese, or whatever you prefer. Martha's running around makes that chicken without its head look a little crazy. And she thinks she's doing her best to serve the Lord. And it is good to serve. Don't misunderstand that. But there's a problem when we think, oh, won't Jesus be impressed with all of Martha's hard work? It's all for you, Jesus. I'm giving you my all, unlike someone over there. Why don't you tell her to do something? Don't just sit there. Do something, Mary. But of course, to Jesus be all the glory all to you, O Lord. Maybe we've done that before. Paul to Martha, believing our highest form of worship is to serve Jesus. We're busy people, aren't we? We work and play. There's sports and leisure, business and pleasure, always something to be done, quotas to be met, bills to be paid, checks to write, household chores to finish. And then you get up tomorrow, you maybe hit the snooze button a few times, and you repeat and do it all over again congregation life can be somewhat similar too. There's always work to be done, always too few people to do it. There's programs, there are committees, there are boards to chair, there's property to care for, bills to pay, and many other things. It's easy to fall into the trap of making our church calendar and the work we do important as it is all about what we do for Jesus rather than what he is doing for us as we receive his word and his sacraments. That's why, in this Christian congregation, as in our Lord's churches across the world and throughout time, divine service here, as we're sitting and singing and worshiping this morning, is what comes first in our life together. It's why God gathers us together in the first place, in fact, so that we can sit here at the feet of Jesus. We can hear his word, and receive his gifts. Because anything that takes place of that, or we treat as more important than that, well, that usually ends up becoming our idol. You see, worship really isn't about us serving God. Though we do thank and respond in prayer and praise, worship is first and foremost, though, about God serving us. God feeding us, God coming to us and serving that's why we do and say the things we do in Sunday morning service. Why we bow in certain places or kneel in others. Why we fold our hands or sing or stand. You may call them Lutheran aerobics, I suppose you could, but they're all designed to show God is serving us. So we hear his word and we sing and respond in prayer and praise. Because Christ is with us. You see, it's our old sinful flesh, our old Adam, that loves to be busy and to focus on our own busyness. Do this. Do that. But have you ever stopped to notice how that word do is always a law word? It's always a command. Now, there is for sure a place for the law, a place for command, but we can't fool ourselves into thinking that the law is what gets us closer to Jesus. Our Sunday school and VBS kids learned that this week. We played a little game where they tried to earn their way to heaven by keeping the commandments, and every time they started back at the beginning because they broke one of them. It's an impossible ladder to climb. The law is a mirror that exposes our sin, it shows us our sin. It's not a motivator, it's not a five hour espresso shot filled energy drink. And so that's why maybe for some of us, Jesus' words to Martha seem a little shocking. Maybe even offensive or outrageous. Because Jesus himself is the real host. He's the one giving. He's the one doing everything. He is the one in his church who dishes up his forgiveness for us undeserving sinners. He's the one who pardons us and all of our unpardonable sins. And just as he was known for in his life on earth, he is known for in his life in church continually to eat and drink with sinners and declaring us gracious by his promise. You see, that's what Jesus does best. He gives and he gives and he gives more. Oh dearly beloved baptized children of God, I'm sure that you are like myself in this way, that we are anxious and troubled about many things. Perhaps it's giving or finances. Perhaps it's church activities. Perhaps it's the school or our own congregation life or our own Christian life or a family or friend in need. Maybe it's the world around us that seems increasingly hostile to the gospel. Jesus reminds us today there is one thing that is needful, one thing that in fact will calm our worries and fears, and it is Jesus himself crucified and risen. As he says in Matthew's Gospel, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus is that one thing necessary. All that we need, his hand provides us, both at our dinner tables at home, and most of all, here at his own table, in his house. It is given to you in Jesus' name. Still, we might think, but Martha... She did all that work, and Mary just sat on her rear. What a bum! All the time and treasures and talents I've offered to God, does he even care? Maybe we're a little offended by Jesus' words, even. But notice that Jesus doesn't scold Martha for her work. He simply, so lovingly, admonishes her not to be anxious and so troubled that she misses the one thing that is needful, himself. That's why Mary is praised, because she is sitting and receiving. But of course, we haven't yet arrived at the good news here. We haven't yet come to the gospel in this story, because the gospel is not to say, oh, guess what, Mary chose the better part, now you go and do that too. That's not good news. Go have Mary faith. That's not any different than Jesus plus your work. Now, that kind of preaching is popular. We hear it on TV, on the radio a lot too. But anytime you hear that, Jesus and, or Jesus but, usually you're right back in the work of the law. Right back trying to run that own hamster wheel of earning your way to heaven. Now it's true, God loves a cheerful giver. And we'll be talking more about that with stewardship today. And serving others certainly is a good and God-pleasing thing. But we do it, as John says in his epistle, because Christ first loved us. That's why today He brings us to the feet of Jesus. Not because we're super busy, super productive, and doing all sorts of wonderful things like Martha, and not because we're super pious like Mary, but because Jesus has washed us clean in His baptism by His blood shed for us. Because He teaches us here His Word. When we come to His feet and receive his heavenly food, his life, his body, his blood, given into death for you to give you his life. You see, Jesus is your rest in this weary, busy, anxious, often fearful world. He lived that perfect life that we so often try so hard running around to do and accomplish, but he lived it and he did it perfectly for you. And so our Heavenly Father brings us today to Jesus' feet, not because we're a Mary or a Martha, but because we were sinners like they are and were. And because Jesus is doing everything for you here that is necessary, right here this morning. Free forgiveness in Christ all before lunch. And having rested at the feet of Jesus like Mary, having received his love, his forgiveness, having taken his body and blood into our own bodies. Then he prepares you to be ready to serve like Martha, to be busy and active and caring and love for others. So don't just do something. This morning, sit here. Sit at the feet of Jesus, who gives you the one thing needful, the best portion himself, his very body and blood and life for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.